Nick and Matt Jackson. You're listening to the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Too sweet. Suck yeah. Welcome to an all new episode of the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. My name is Corey Richmond, joined as always by Jason Brooks. Jason, uh, this time last year we had the infamous roster cuts during a pandemic, and 415 kind of looks like it might be becoming roster cut day right after WrestleMania, shedding some of, I guess, in their opinion, the fat, or in most people's eyes, the idea of, you know, hardworking people when you're making billions of dollars off of TV contracts, you just want to keep your bottom line looking good. Jay, I wish we were talking on a better thing, and I was just starting off with saying, hey, look at this ridiculous thing that happened last year, and also, happy Jack and Robinson Day, you know, but once again, we got to start with roster cuts and this company getting rid of people for their bottom line. Capitalism. Hooray. I mean, we'll go over the people in a minute. But this is the same story that same thing we did last year. It's a pandemic. And at least things are a little bit more opened up. People can, I, uh, I don't think Japan's open up, but you know, uh, Impact is full on, Ring of Honor is full on. So there's places they can go, but it's a pandemic. I I don't know, but I do think they just signed a billion dollar, $5 billion contract with Peacock and they have plenty of money. Why release these people? Some of them I get. I mean, Bo Dallas hasn't been around in forever. And, you know, I get some of them. But some of the people are developing people. Um, and as you see, and we'll go over people who were released last year and, and how some of them have done well. And that's, that's one of them is in a, 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 a women's world title match next week. So, Corey, I, I, don't, I don't understand. Again, I, I understand capitalism and, and, and making money. I understand that. I don't understand outright greed. I don't understand it. They are making hand over money, hand over fist, hand over fist. And they're releasing people who are, can still work, who are talented, who have untapped potential, who have busted their ass to get there. It, I mean, they're, they're basically uh, forming the AEW women's division. <laughs> I mean, if AEW needed some women, here we go. Uh, I don't think they should touch any of the dudes other than one. We're, we'll get to who, but um, I, I, this is just, it's a, I mean, it's a sad day to see people lose their jobs. Um, I mean, there's also a lot of other stuff going on in this country too um, that continues to happen. But for these people who were released, it's a sad day. They worked really hard to get to the pinnacle of their career, which is the WWE for so many people. And now they're released and have to figure it out. And it sucks. And there's, I don't know that there's enough jobs. What if AEW wasn't around? What if we didn't have AEW? Which sounds like it's solid and strong and not going anywhere for a long time. If we didn't have AEW, we'd have no, so few places for these people to go to. So it's really, I don't know. It just really sucks for them. Um, you know, and especially the women who I feel like really have this untapped potential. Uh, Peyton Royce, Chelsea Green. I mean, they're still, I believe, in their late 20s. Like, how are they releasing women in their late 20s who can talk and work? Doesn't make any sense to me. When you're releasing people 
that's a failure of the organization. Um, you know, the, the, uh, our, the Audible football podcast with Matt and Randy, you know, you talk about Sam Darnold not making it with the Jets. Sam Darnold not making it with the Jets is an organizational failure. And their, their GM said as such. They failed as an organization for not developing that quarterback. The WWE releasing these people, it is an organizational failure. Well, Dallas, okay. Releasing Peyton Royce, who can wrestle, who can talk. That's a failure of the company. And somebody should have to take some responsibility on that. They won't. They'll talk about NXT being this great developmental brand, and we love NXT. But we're seeing these people are getting developed in NXT, developed, and then come to the main roster, and then they're getting released, or they get, they're not getting pushed. And I love NXT, the show. But maybe as a developmental brand, they're not, they're not, something's missing with when they develop people and then when they bring them to the main roster. I, I just, I, I just don't understand what the thought process is. And is this Triple H with Vince deciding this? Is this over Triple H's head? Because I can't see Triple H okaying some of these cuts. It, you know, what is it that happened? to get these people released and how is it going to impact the bottom line they have a million writers they have, they have all they have all these other people but why do you have to release talented people and they brought in a bunch of women into nxt recently so it's like it doesn't it, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me i i, I just i'm doesn't make any sense to me and and here's the other thing Poor Wesley Blake and uh, uh, Cutler. You know, you had the one guy, Jackson Riker, who's a, a, basically a racist uh, and, 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 and homophobic, making these horrible comments. He keeps his, and he sucks also in the ring. He's, he's, he's shit in the ring. And those guys, you know, they didn't do anything wrong. And they've both been released. One of them was released for COVID, and, and now the other guy got released. It's, it's just, it's a sad day. It's hard sometimes to be a wrestling fan. It really is. With all the shit we wa- have to watch every week, some really good stuff, some horrible stuff. And this is a, a sad day to be a wrestling fan. It really is. We support a company that doesn't give a shit about the wrestlers, doesn't give a shit about the fans, only cares about the bottom line, and it's disgusting. And I... Couldn't agree with Jason more, and I'm glad Jason's taking a deep breath. So uh, gives me a minute to go and say a word or two before we continue. Um, it's actually kind of funny. Usually at the end of our show, I promote our sister podcast, the uh, You Don't Know Jackie. But uh, on this week's podcast, our subject was the idea, you know, basically separating the art from the scumbags who are to give it. You know, we, we spoke about the uh, the Woody Allen, Mia Farrow documentary and Mel Gibson and a lot of other, you know, these people in in Hollywood and different professions that they do these things that are so bad and they're shitty people, but, and are we, can we separate them from the work that they've given? Like, you know, Mel Gibson will put out great stuff, but the type of human being he is on the things that he said in that rant against, you know, I guess his girlfriend at the time and basically women in general and Jews, it's a terrible person, but he puts out something like a Ridge, which is, my opinion, one of the best movies of the year, 
can you can you go and separate the two? And how hard is it now? Like when it comes to WWE, you want to support their product. You want to support NXT. All these people who are working hard every week support their families and grow in the industry. But at the same point, you're still by giving your hard work money to either now Peacock or the WWE Network or buying tickets when they go back live. How dirty do you feel about supporting a company that basically anytime it comes to the second or third third quarter right before on now this apparently, you know, April 15th, they're just going to go and randomly say, you make too much money, you're gone. I mean, it's hard sometimes to separate. And yeah, some of us believe more in capitalism than others. And that's a discussion, you know, for either now or a different time. But it's just kind of like, how do you separate supporting a company that continues to look at the bottom line more than the human beings who they who they employ. I mean, yes, they've got the 90 day, you know, downside guarantee, which of course, on one hand, they can't go to AW or Impact or ROH and go, you know, just show up on TV next week. But for the next three months, Samoa Joe, Kalisto, and all these other people are getting, it's not like they're destitute and they can't, and they're not getting paid. Uh, do, are we sure? Pretty much everyone signed a 90 day no compete unless uh, they forego it. I mean, hey, if Samoa Joe wants to show up on AEW, on you know on Wednesday. Yeah, I just don't. I just don't think we know enough about that. I think we assume it's ninety day no compete and they're getting paid and all this. I don't. I don't. I don't know that we. I don't know that we know any of that. I know Kaliso's contract actually expired, so his situation. So he can. I think he can be on another show tomorrow. I again. I don't know. You know who would want him necessarily. Not that he's a bad wrestler, but he, just, he, can't, um, he can't talk. But you know. <clears throat> Arena Mexico can use another headliner by yeah yeah no you can definitely go back to Mexico and make a lot of money but um yeah I, I yeah I I agree I mean let, let's go over some of these names I mean okay before we talk about that your point about the supporting the company um you know and it's funny talking about like the good that they do because we watch we we're gonna talk about raw you know toward probably toward the tail you know a little later in the show and how like that's not art i don't know what that is um so it's shit but (laughs) it's hard it's hard you know it's hard we talk about it in the nfl um you know talk about it you're a big ufc guy like a lot of these guys in ufc have done a lot of you know not so great things um you know some of these owners in the nfl some of the players in the nfl look at the sean watson right now whether (laughs) You know, so it's like it's 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 a very, very slippery slope. Um, and I, it's something that I myself have thought a lot about um, supporting sports, being a big sports fan for however long I've been there. A lot of sports fans are not great people. Um, a lot of athletes are not great people, owners, managers, the whole thing. Tony La Russa is horrible. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. I, I don't. I, I don't think there's a good answer for that. I don't think there's a good, a good answer for that um, at all. And, and again, I was going to say this one more time. The whole capitalism thing. Capitalism is fine. Outright greed, not fine. And I think when, we, when we're seeing what's happening here, it's outright greed. Out, complete outright greed. So anyway, um, let, let's go over these releases. All right, so the women who were released, uh, multi-time uh, champion Mickey, Mickey James, and well, let, let's do let's do one by one instead right. of calling them. Okay, Mickey James released. I think that's fine. Um, she hasn't wrestled in a while. Um, you know, she's older. 
I think her being released is not a big deal. Some of these people being released is not a big deal. So I think she's not a big well, deal. I, mean, I think anybody being released is always a big deal, but I just, I just say what you said. But I think though, it's always <clears throat> weird though that you see online, Mickey James and Chelsea Green both putting out stuff on the fact that they were filming stuff for to be a tag team and everything else. And then all of a sudden they're both released. And you know what, let's be honest here. The women's tag team division could use, use some help either on NXT, which has, you know, a couple of tag teams, but they don't have many. And then when you have Nia and, you know, Shayna Baszler as your tag team champions, that shows a little bit of the, the need maybe for. Well, uh, not even a tag, the whole, their whole depth of the whole sure. depth of their, Women's division is is not good. Let's keep going through these. Let's keep going through these names. We'll talk more about the, the depth thing in a minute. Okay. Uh, Payne Royce. Uh, how, how, now, how is she released? Now, I I'm a fan of hers, right? On many levels, sure. Let's let's be honest. She's really good in the ring. She's wrestled some good matches. She's no Sasha or Bailey, but she's wrestled some really good matches. Last year, they talked about giving her a push. Her and Bianca were going to get pushes. I don't understand how they release someone like that. Like you talk about someone who could be a big star out of this. I think she, I think she is the person maybe out of all the people who've been released. And I'm not counting Joe because Joe's already been a star. Mm-hmm. Out of the people who are released, I think she's the one who's going to turn out to be the biggest star out of this. She's going to be a, a world champion someday somewhere. Female world champion someday. And then the other half of the icon, formerly the Iconics, Billy Kay. And you could say Billy Kay is the worst wrestler on the roster. But what she's done on SmackDown with her comedic timing and what she's basically, when they say we're making ch- uh, chicken salad, chicken shit, stuff they give her, she has been very good. I agree. And it's amazing. She had a moment. I don't know if she got the pin or whatever at WrestleMania that on Saturday in the turmoil match, but she was actually, you know, her team actually won part of the turmoil match. Now she's gone, it, and I'll let you continue this in one second, but the idea of, what, less than a year ago, they split up the Iconics because you're supposedly going to push Payne Royce, and then basically you do nothing with Payne Royce, and she's the number two person to Lacey Evans, and then Lacey Evans, you know, gets pregnant, so basically she's done nothing, and then Billy Kay, who's, at most weeks, yes, I know SmackDown has been a better show, but a lot of weeks, her she's one of the most entertaining parts of that show. Absolutely. She's gone. And then, you, like I said, you get rid of them. Why did you separate these two in, in the first place? I don't you're think there's a coherent with- plan. I don't think there's a. I don't think there's a plan. I think they're just doing shit, right? Like, I, I, do, I just don't. Why release both of them? Billy Kay is a horrible wrestler. She is extremely entertaining. She was like you said. She was a great. I, I don't laugh at a lot of wrestling stuff because I think a lot of wrestling stuff's corny. I like some corniness, but like not too much. I thought Billy Kay was legitimately entertaining. Here's my resume. Yeah, uh, she was le- she was to- legitimately <laughs> she was legitimately funny. Like that. Recorded it. That wasn't funny. So like she was legitimately funny, you know? And I I just not everybody has the and Corey Graves actually put her over a couple of weeks ago. He talked about the difference between Peyton Royce and Billy Kay. And he said, Billy Kay has a character. We know who she is. Well, who she is now is on the unemployment line, unfortunately. And they don't have a ton of women on these rosters. I, I Listen, God bless Lana. She's a nice woman. She seems like a sweetheart of a person. She is terrible. She's terrible. I'm not at all 
advocating for fire anyone losing their job. But if you're gonna release, if you have my, if I have my pick of Peyton Royce or Lana, like it's not even close. It's like how could they think like this is a good idea? Who thinks this stuff up? Go ahead. Next, let's keep going. Oh, I was just gonna say. Uh... We could add another person to the list. Uh, not that he's been used at all in the last, you know, 500 years, but uh, Mojo Rowling was just uh, was just released as well. All so right. I mean, mm-hmm. I'll be looking here and there to see if any more, you know, releases come as we look at the shows. All right. People who are watching seem to look. Yeah, down. I mean, oh. Mojo Rowley, you know, friend of Gronk, Gronk left. He gone. I mean, he they didn't do much with him. He had some. I never thought he was really that good in the ring, but he had some good, you know, some good vignettes and that looking in the mirror thing that he did. Uh, I don't know what happens to him, but, you know, another guy, they could have done something with him. Yeah, I mean, and last thing on Payne and Billy, uh, I think that they'll most likely do quite well on the independence and most likely find something pretty quickly. But you do wonder how quickly were these decisions, like some of these decisions were made, where basically, like I said, she was highlighted in WrestleMania and she was a focal point on the show, yes, as a joke character, yes, but she was a focal point week after week. And then she's just randomly gone. So it's just a little yeah, interesting. I, I don't know what I don't know what what they were thinking about. I, I have no I have no idea. As I said, I think Peyton Royce is going to be a woman's champion one day. Um, I don't know what they were. And Billy Kay, I I don't I don't know where where, where she's going to go. Um, but I don't I don't understand what they were thinking about or what the plan was. Uh, next person on on the list was uh, Chelsea Green, who we mentioned. Uh, Quickly, a moment ago, uh, she was uh, unfortunately hurt when they were going to finally look like they were going to do something with her, and now she's healthy again. And they said that, you know, everything was leading towards the idea of her and Mickey James being a tag team. But she's one of those people who had a lot of potential. She was a cast-off from the original Tough Enough. She wound up getting signed by, you know, TNA, was figured out how to make herself a character right away. She was in uh, her and... Dina Peraza, who got released last year, we'll talk about, who's one of the major success stories of the cuts from last year. Uh, they were basically, you know, called up to Raw for a week. Then they were separated. She was with the Robert Stone brand. They separated that out of nowhere. And they, they brought her up, but they waited six months to, you know, actually debut her. It's just when she's got a lot of ability, she, she may not be the, she's gotten better in the ring, but just like, you know, Billy Kay, her work outside with character development was so good, especially like I said, an impact. Oh, she's and good in the. She's good in the ring. I think she's good in the ring. I don't think she's. I don't think she's Billy Kay. I mean, I love Billy Kay, but oh no, not Billy yeah, Kay. No, I think she's. I, you know, yeah, I think she's Kay. good in the ring. Here and again, and I don't want to do this, and I know I'm going to sound like an asshole. I don't want anyone to be released. But if you're telling me we could release Dana Brooke or Chelsea Green, I don't think it's close. I don't think it's close um and you know i chelsea green can talk she's got a good she's got a good character she's good in a ring i just i i mean you talk about people who stayed and then people who they and i i i guess with chelsea green they weren't invested in her you know because she was hurt or whatever but i mean when they when they put her on smackdown they were going to give her a push so again i don't i I do wonder, and we'll keep talking about the people, but I do wonder what the time frame was for them to say, okay, we are going to sit down and just make cuts. Like, 
what did they decide this after the horrible show on Monday? Did they decide this after, uh, so what is it, Thursday? Did they, did they just sit down on Wednesday and just say, okay, we're going to release everyone? Like, I, I'm very curious about why they decided to do this in terms of the timing wise. Or like you've been saying, did they just, did they decide hey, every, you know, tax day, and it would be tax day, except they're extending it because of the pandemic. Every tax day, we're going to release everyone. I mean, I, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, next person on the list is Kalisto, who I think has had a lot of potential, but the guy can't talk. Um, I think injuries did not help the situation. I think that he can have, you know, a good run if he goes back to Mexico or maybe if he goes to like an ROH, you know, maybe he can be put somewhere in the scenery when it comes to, you know, some of the stables there. But I think he's very talented, but he's kind of another like Mystico where gray in the ring Injuries affected it, and it's just if you don't speak the language, unless you're not someone who's great like an Io Shirai, you're going to get lost in the shuffle. I think Kaliso actually speaks good English. I don't no, no, think he's... sorry, or either doesn't speak language or doesn't or isn't great on the mic. I know, think he was okay. I think he was fine. Uh, I, I think he was. I mean, I mean, uh, Lince Dorado um, and uh, Grandma Lake. Grandma Lake doesn't speak any English, I don't think, but he's he's fantastic in the ring. So maybe you know whatever. Um, they wanted to keep a couple of the masked guys, or as Jericho calls them, the gimmick guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he'll be fine in Mexico. Uh, he'll be able to go down there, use the WWE name um, to be a headliner. And I don't know what they're doing. Should, I don't know what the deal is with Mexico because they have a lot of issues with, in the, with the pandemic. But um, I do think they'll be, I, I do think he'll be okay, you know, in Mexico. I don't know what he does in the States, but you know, he can go to new Japan, do the juniors. So I don't know. I think he's got some, I think he's got some options. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he shows up somewhere and we go, wow, look at this guy, give him a manager and uh, maybe he can do something interesting. Maybe he'll look at MLW or something. But uh, the next person on the list is Tucker. Uh, I think Sean Ross Sapp from fightful.com had the best when he said earlier today, we're going to see him like on dark in like 90 days and be like, Oh my God, this guy could actually wrestle. I mean, this is by far the guy on the list that most likely when people look and they'll be like, oh, it's Tucker. He was the second banana to Otis. But you know, is Otis doing that much better since, you know, he's lost, uh, you know, Tucker? I mean, Tucker is a, you know, is a decent athlete. He never really got the fair shake. Once he got, once they got split, he became just one of the guys who chased it to R-Truth. Hopefully he finds another, another job. Maybe NWA might be a good fit for him or maybe an MLW. We'll see what he becomes, but I mean, I'm not sure what he is. You know, never really get. I don't think he really ever got a chance once he left the tag team. Yeah. Um. Sorry, I was looking at something. I think Tucker ha- is actually like not bad on the mic. Interestingly enough, I don't think he's good in the ring. But, um, you know, now I do think Otis has had a nice run with Chad Gable. I think as a tag team, they've actually had a nice run. But, um, yeah, I mean. He's not one I'm crying over, to be honest with you. Again, I don't want anyone to lose their job, but he's not one I'm crying over. Uh, Wesley Blake, we I think I think we might have mentioned the very top of the show, or we did in our pre-show uh, conversation. Don't know, so we'll you know we'll talk about him here for a second. But uh, was one half of the Forgotten Sons. Um, I believe he was also with uh, Buddy Murphy back in the day in NXT. He was. They had a tag team with Alexa Bliss as their manager. Right. I th- I always thought that. Uh, Wesley Blake was a, was a good performer. Uh, hopefully he picks up somewhere 
I don't see him getting signed by like an AEW or a Ring of Honor right away. Maybe it, maybe maybe he does some like dark matches or like an NWA or an Impact. I can see maybe picking up with um, his former tag team partner from Forgotten Sons because I think they were a good team. I think you, I don't know if you mentioned this, like I said beforehand, but it's amazing. The guy who is the racist scumbag of the group still has a job and is getting pushed. And the two guys who, in one unfortunate circumstance with COVID, and him, which is gets budget concerns when you're, you know, making a billion dollars off of TV contracts. He's unfortunate with the company. And like I said, I think two of them can tag together and have a future, but I think it might take a little while for them to actually get go somewhere that will get their names right back out there again. I guess him being a tag team in Impact. I don't I don't think that would be um Impact just lost uh, Reno Scum. They left. So I could easily see them slotting in as like a a, a tag team and, and being and being fine. So I, I think he'll be okay. Uh, he'll never be a star, but a good hand. Uh, Bo Dallas was the uh, former NXT. Uh, God, bless, God bless Bo Dallas. I mean, you talk about a guy. You talk about a guy who should have been released five cuts ago. Uh, he's been just hanging on. Uh, he started his own business. I, I mean, that's been out there. I think he knew uh, this was coming. Yeah. yeah, he start, he's, He knew this was well. Whatever his business is, uh, home selling. What is he? Uh, real estate? I don't know what. Yeah, like yeah. So God bless him. He he started his own thing. He you know made a couple bucks with WWE. Found a, a you know woman he enjoys, uh, who a lot of people enjoy apparently. So the internet goes wild. The internet goes wild with Liv Morgan. I don't I don't see it necessarily. All right. But let's let's talk more. Okay. Um, but. But no, so um, good, you know, good for him. I mean, he's uh, his release makes some sense to me. They haven't used him in forever, so um, yeah. Again, never want to see anyone lose their job, but I think he's, I think he's probably. I don't see him signing anywhere. Maybe he does indie dates. And I think stuff he's like retire. That. Some of the stuff I read is. He, uh, he was looking to mostly retire. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think maybe he does indies or something like that. What I was going to say, but I don't see him ever being like, a, he's not signing to AEW. Maybe he does a dark match. Maybe he wrestles for fun to be active and whatever, but I don't see him ever being a full-time wrestler in a company. Yeah, I mean, like I said, maybe he does some stuff with Joe Henning on the indies who got released last year at this time. Um, and the last person on the list, as far as we know right now, the big name, one of the best guys on the mic and he was by far most likely the best guy of the commentary team. Uh, and I love how people were talking about, all right, maybe they weren't sure about his medical and maybe that's why they released him. Cause I mean, he says he wants to wrestle and WWE has, you know, it was very shaky when it comes to uh, letting guys work when they don't, you know, at first, but Samoa Joe was released a guy who a couple of years ago, you know, he was brought in for NXT for a couple of shows and then, you know, basically became their champion has had great work on the main roster. Unfortunately, once again, you know, injuries have, have has affected his run. He was doing commentary over, I guess the last like seven or eight months minimum. I, I really, if he's healthy, he should on, you know, when 90 days is up, I would not be surprised to see him in uh, anywhere he wants to go. Yeah. The two people from this list who someone should pick up immediately are Samoa Joe and Peyton Royce. Those are the two. Those are the two people who could be world. I would say champion. Chelsea Green as well, but I see what I see. Yeah, Chelsea Green. Yeah, Chelsea Green as well. You're right. Chelsea Green for sure. Those are the three people who should be picked up somewhere uh, immediately. But 
know, one thing is with Samoa Joe that we don't know is, and I thought he was pretty good on commentary, actually. Pretty good. I don't know. I don't know why they broke that. I mean, Saxon was annoying, but I think Joe and I thought Tom Phillips. Like, I we'll talk about this Adnan Kirk. I mean, he is fucking horrible, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but I thought the, the team was all right. They even had Samoa Joe doing interviews with um, uh, uh, Cole and O'Reilly. And I thought those interviews were good before their match in NXT. I, I don't. The, the thing I don't understand is why not keep him as a commentary guy? Why not put him in there with Michael Cole on Fridays? I don't. Or maybe Samoa Joe said he wants to wrestle and they said no. You know, it's possible the, the Samoa Joe thing could be something different. I think that that's possible. I don't know. But I think it could be some level of him being hurt, wanting to come back, them saying no, you know, because it seems insane to me that they're just like, we're going to release this super talented guy who's good on the mic and one of the best in-ring guys in the history of pro wrestling. It doesn't doesn't make sense to me unless he's hurt or something. So, or... You know, WWE we know is very conservative with their with the me- medical doctors and and you know with Daniel Bryan and, and these guys who have been hurt who they don't want to have Russell because they fear they're going to have long term injuries and they can come back into the WWE like you know we've seen with the concussion stuff so I, that one I'm I'm willing to say like I don't know enough information about um, the other ones are just uh, you know th- these other uh, you know Chelsea Green and Peyton Royce are just ridiculous. Agreed. Uh, and the 90-day no-compete clause falls on July 14th. Last year was was very easy when it came to Impact Wrestling. The Slammiversary show was basically three days later, and they were able to do a lot with, you know, setting up, bringing in all the big surprises from the cuts and basically got, you know, their biggest buy rate, I think, to date at that point for the show. So I guess what I would ask you is how quickly, like, July 14th is a Wednesday. Do you expect like on that that first day possible? Do you expect like a Samoa Joe or Payne Royce, Chelsea, you know, well, some, specifically Samoa Joe? Do you expect to see him on AW, or do you think like someone like Samoa Joe will play the field a while, do like a reunion thing and impact for a couple of months? And you yeah, know, I mean, I mean, I have I have no idea. I have no idea. I mean, uh, I mean, I just that's just that's just random guessing. Here's what I want to see happen. I want to see Samoa Joe, and someone brought this up on Twitter. I'm, I'm, we are on Twitter at WorkshootPod. I want to see him in uh, the G1. That's where I want to do. I want to see him in the G1. Um, they've talked about, you know, the, the guy Jins who've come over. Moxley, I thought, really added a lot to the G1 a couple of years ago. I think, I think this year's G1 was different. Obviously, they couldn't have um, people come over. I think it missed something this year. Uh, and I think Moxley brought that. And I think Joe would bring that i think omega's brought that in the past just like a different flavor uh so i'd love to see joe in a g1 that would be that's what i would like to see as a fan what he does i mean i don't know aw has a million dudes there um so you know i don't know impact he's been there done that ring of honor has money to spend and he could wrestle a you know, pretty light schedule. They, I think they do like a month. They, they tape all their shows for a month or so. You know, he just goes in there for a weekend and then he can rest his body up for the rest of the time and they pay pretty well. So I can see Ring of Honor being a possibility. And of course, they'd love him versus have- Jonathan Gresham would be like unbelievable. Yeah. So I, I could see, I could see Ring of Honor 
Um, Impact, I don't, I don't see. Um, and AEW, obviously, anyone could go to AEW, but I really would love to see him in, in New Japan. Um, you know, you know, maybe have him being strong a little bit, have him being in New Japan strong a little bit. You know, being in, you know, to be in the U.S. until things get opening up, open up in Japan. Um, that's what I would like to see. Maybe part Ring of Honor, part New Japan. Um, I think that'd be really, really cool for him. Um, I, I, yeah, I think that'd be really, really dope for him. Uh, Peyton, Roy- Peyton Royce, AW needs to just sign them right now. Like, I know we, you can't actually wrestle for a few months, but we're going to sign you like right now. So nobody else signs you. And then Peyton Royce makes a debut. Maybe she becomes part of the pinnacle or whatever. Um, you know, with her, her husband name. is part of it. Yeah, so. Yes, yes. So, um, you know, I could see something like that happening. Um, and then Chelsea Green, I think she'll be, she'll be somewhere. Uh, maybe go back to Impact or whatever. And the rest of these 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 guys and gals, I'm, I'm not sure they really make enough of an impact. Yeah. yeah, I could see that. And like I said, I think it would be amazing if you're right with the Samoa Joe going to New Japan and working one of those deals where he can work pretty much anywhere. I mean, I think it would be awesome if you know July 14th we see you know Moxley standing in the ring still as you know uh, the champion for New Japan uh, U.S. U.S. champion. They have a confrontation, and you find out that he's showing up on New New Japan Strong, and they're setting you know set up a program, yeah, United States title, yeah. and, you know, working from there until they can have you know open open borders of the visas and everything. I mean, I, that would be amazing, you know. Yeah. And I and I do I do suspect based off of, and we'll move on after this, but I suspect based off of what Joe did last time, because remember Joe wasn't contracted to NXT; right. he came there on a per appearance basis. And he did so well. I mean, I don't know how they didn't think he'd do this well, but he did so well. So many t-shirts are like, holy shit, that's right. And then, you know, obviously he, he signed a contract. So, um, you know, I suspect that he's going to do some type of playing the field thing. That's what I think he should do. And that's what I think he's probably going to do. He's made a lot of money. I'm sure like he's good. I think now he just wants to do his own thing. So I, I expect him to be more of a free agent, but you know, who knows? And uh, Deanna Perrazzo put it best on Twitter. Uh, she wrote, if we've learned anything this year, if, if when one door shuts, another one opens. I'm rooting for everyone today. I realize their true potential wherever they may le- you know, land up. So, I mean. Yeah, and and Perrazzo, is, is, she's, this is really hard for her because Chelsea Green's her, her best mate. So, they're very, very close. Absolutely. So and, we- and one other thing. Yeah. Chelsea Green is engaged or married to Zack Ryder. Yeah. So it's funny. He was released last year and she's released this year. Very interesting. Same and same thing. Sean Spears released last year. Her His wife released this year. Oh, boy. You boy. Char- Charlotte, you better watch out. <laughs> You're dating anybody. Don't, don't get too, uh, too comfortable. But um, so just quickly, like I said, this was last year. The same thing happened. Right before, you know, the WWE declared a quarterly dividends for the first quarter, you know, earnings, which I believe they had a nice little one again today. I think it was like 12 or 13 cents, which is quite nice, I guess, in the, when it comes to the stock market. So they're doing great. Um, but so last year at this time, some of the big names that were released were uh, Rusev, the Good Brothers, uh, Dana, uh, Dana Perrazzo, and Hawkins and Ryder. So those were some of the big ones. Look at it now. I mean, I think they're all doing pretty well. So, you know, 
it's not like this is the end of the road for these people. And, and the other one is Drake Maverick, who actually made a storyline about. And I think someone asked on Twitter earlier today, I was seeing online, could could you see them doing this again with another person, a Drake, Drake Maverick type of storyline? I don't think they do something like that two years in a row, but do you think there's a possibility they can do something like that where they give somebody back their job? And it, it, of course, it was initially supposed to be that, but they can work it into like another story. Or do you think... Uh, that would just be kind of ugly again, doing something like that, just even though it worked once, but then it would just feel like, you know, a little shitty. I think the one difference is Maverick was in NXT at the time, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that was maybe a little bit of Triple H, like pulling and whatever. The fact these people are all in a main roster. And I don't know how it works with contracts. I have no idea. We know what every athlete makes. WWE, we have no idea what anybody makes. But it seems like when they move from NXT to the main roster, they signed new contracts. So part of this is I don't know if Drake Maverick was getting a main roster contract or an NXT contract. So I think that's also kind of a part of this, too. So I think that and that's also maybe why he resigned. They paid him less money. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But. Um, yeah, I don't I don't I don't see that happening. Um, maybe. Yeah, I don't I don't see that happening. Oh, and two other big ones was Leo, Leo Rush and EC3, who both are doing, you know, quite well. Yeah, and, it's funny. Eric, that, Eric Young, who wound up winning the Impact title. Yeah, I, yeah, I would. That is interesting, Corey. That's an interesting list. I'd say all the most of those people have had some level of success. You know, they're not nowhere. There's some, there's, there's somewhere making a living, you know, doing what they love. So, I mean, and some of them are doing at a very high level. Leo Rush is all over the place. Uh, I think Rusev's gonna Miro's gonna get a big push here at some point. I think, I think, I think he'll be AEW champion. You know, in the next year and a half, two years. I know they like keeping the title on people, but maybe he's a challenger for the TNT title, Darby Allen. So I could see him being, you know, getting a shot there. So yeah, no, I, I think a lot of these people have done really, really well for themselves. Yeah. So I mean. Like I said, I guess what I'm just saying here is that just because the person was released doesn't mean their their, their career is over. And you, you never know. Someone in 90 days or could be brought back. So you never know if, you know, maybe they need somebody that, you know, they don't get brought back if somebody else doesn't pick them up. Um, so, Jay, before we close the door on this, is there any uh, anybody else that you see that could be uh, – well, let me rephrase that. Last year, after the, the basically – Everybody cut the following day. We found out there were some NXT cuts that were made. So there could be more coming up tomorrow. And the main differences was that a 90 day for main roster, 30 day for, uh, for NXT. That's why Dina Perrazzo was able to sign right away with, with impact. Cause it was, she was on the, uh, even though she did like one show on the main roster, she was still an NXT talent. So, I mean, it could be interesting to see how it works out. So we might see some other names, maybe low level, people as well yeah yeah and just um you know one quick note yeah i i don't want to speculate on who could be fired i i don't i don't really feel great doing that but um you know alice black is someone who was on the chopping block and now it appears that he's shooting vignettes and they're gonna maybe give him a push so um i think that's interesting um also we haven't seen Zelina vega yet i don't know if her time is up oh, has, yeah. so um so I think the wrestling industry could really, really change. And I think a couple of, I think all these companies could really 
benefit, but I think Impact, you know, if they've lost some people, could really benefit. Um, I think Ring of Honor can benefit, although they're re- they're really resigning their people. Um, I think MLW can benefit because MLW has a very very um, they don't have a deep roster at all. Uh, they only do an hour show, but they don't have a deep roster of like really good people. Like they've pushed this Calvin Tegman guy who I think stinks. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they could use a couple of these, a couple of these people. So I, you know, uh, we'll see, we'll see how it all, how it all works out, but there's uh, definitely a lot of things in play here. Absolutely. And we'll, and we'll continue to look on mm-hmm. and if we see any information in the next day or so, follow us, you know, of course on Twitter at workshoot pod, we will, uh, let you know any more that come up in the next day. But Jay, I know you wanted to speak about the, as a small measure and as a bigger topic, the disaster known as usually most wrestling fans' favorite night of the year, the Raw after WrestleMania. I'll let you take the floor. So there's a quote from Jason Powell. Um, I always read his, read his reviews after the shows. Pro Wrestling.net. We've a uh, former uh, guest of the show, friend of the show. And we, I read his reviews every week and his hits and misses and some stuff I agree with, some stuff I don't agree with. Sure. Um, here's what he said about the overall show. Oh boy. Uh, WrestleMania weekend was a success. Night one was better than night two, but I was left optimistic WWE, about WWE due to the quality of the shows. Um, I went into Raw hoping they had something planned or to build momentum uh, over what they generate over the weekend. They really needed a big angle or a hot debut to help offset the hangover of going from 25,000 fans back into the Thunderdome. But at a minimum, they needed to deliver a good show to set the post-WrestleMania course. And, and, I, and I felt this way, and I think I noted this uh, at work, shoot pie. Instead, we got a momentum-killing, soul-crushing abomination of a show. That was his quote. I mean, that's, that's what it was. That's what it was. It was the worst post-WrestleMania Raw that I've seen maybe in my lifetime. Maybe in my lifetime. And so I, I want to get your thoughts on that. Sure. But every week we talk about the same thing, right? Raw's a, got a formula now. And I think more so than ever before, it's really got a formula. And they're just doing the same shit every week. We got Bruce Pritchard, who was there in the 80s and the 90s. We got John Laurinaitis back again. Vince has got his people. Kevin Dunn's been there forever. He's got his people he likes. And that's kind of who he's going with. And I, the idea that we complain about Raw every week, I mean, Corey, this is the show. It's not going to change. There's not going to be, as long as Vince is, is there and running the show, the show's not going to change. This is going to be it. So my question for you is, can you stomach that? Can you be okay saying, hey, I've watched Raw for, well, I don't know, 30 years, 25, however long it's been on. Uh, I've watched Raw for all these years. And now we're at a point where until the show changes, I don't think I can watch. Because, Corey, I'll be honest. We do this wrestling podcast. We mostly focus on AEW and NXT. That's why we started this show again. I don't know that I can stomach watching Raw every week anymore. I don't think so. I can, you know, segments here and there, good matches here and there. 
the show was so bad. It, it's just, it's just, it's not, it's just not a good show. Um, and so I, that's where I'm at. I don't think I can stomach watching the show every week and putting myself through it every week and getting mad every week. Where, where are you at? Um, I think someone put, I don't know who said it, but put it best, you know, AW uh, Dark Elevation sounds like a thing I should be watching on Mondays. Um, I thought that there was one good thing on Monday Night Raw this week and only one good thing. Yes, the three-way at the end of the show, was it passable? Sure, it was fine. But the Charlotte Flair promo saying that, you know, she's back and, you know, of course, it's revisionist history because of COVID and the, the false, you know, pregnancy test. But, you know, saying, you know what, she challenged Asuka and she never got a response and everything else with the Lacey Evans stuff. I thought that was a really good promo and setting up the idea of the future with the women's division is going to be for the short term. Of course, people can say that. Why do we have to see, you know, Charlotte for the 400th time? She's going to overshadow everybody else in the division and this and that. Well, but, Corey, you're, you're looking at the show. I'm not talking about macro. I'm not, talk, I'm not talking about micro. She, yeah, it was, it was fine. She did. The promo was fine. Even though they had a match and she came in and erupted, she's throwing shoes. It was fine. I'm talking about watching this show every week again. We're always oh, going to pick what you're saying. I was going yeah. to give you that point on that. But I was yeah. just saying on the one show, only good thing on the night after WrestleMania with no surprises. I, I mean, retribution. That's our big our big thing is retribution. Why did they break the hurt business up in the first? Now, now they got retribution doing their damage. Oh, my God. All right. Any, anyway. On a macro level, on a macro level, right. watch yeah. you watching the show every week. What are your, what are you, where are you at? I don't, you know what? I think you got to give it until backlash to say what is the direction they're going and where are things going. But I can honestly say that if things don't get better, I have no problem making mm-hmm. this a show about NXT and AEW, MLW, ROH, if they're doing something impact, things that make us happy. Because you know what? We're doing a show. For yes, the average fan and also the marks, but if they're not giving anything worth watching and we're going back to the way it was during the worst times, and it's just the cronyism of Vince McMahon, yes, trusting the people he trusted in basically his foxhole when things get bad in Pritchard and John Laurinaitis, this show is becoming unwatchable. And like I said, I know that you have to, I always say, let's see what happens. Let's give it a couple of weeks. But Raw has been terrible Pre-pandemic, it wasn't very good. No. We all thought, you know what, some of the stuff that was going on when Paul Heyman was in charge and getting the, the, the catering crew out of catering and actually letting them do stuff, and then Paul Heyman was basically taken out and sh- taken out back and shot and given a new life on SmackDown as, you know, part of the head of the table gimmick, which he's doing very well with. But it's just, you see guys like Aleister Black sitting on the sideline for basically, you know, since the draft. You see guys like um, Cien Almas, who have now been released. You don't, it's just there's no faith that what's happening on the Raw brand makes you want to watch. And like I said, I'm going to give it to Backlash to see if there's something that happens. But I'm, I'm with you. If they don't get their, their stuff turned around, I'll read reviews. I'll watch, you know, YouTube videos. I'll still watch all the matches on the pay-per-views because that's what we do on Peacock. But I don't see any reason to cover the show. And Corey, and, here and here's the thing: if I'm already out, so I, I've already made my my thing clear. WWE WrestleMania Backlash. I don't understand that name. Uh, if there were fans in the crowd, 
they wouldn't, they just wouldn't put up with this. I mean, the Royals were not great pre-pandemic, but they were mostly passable. Right. Do you think, I, I don't think the fans would stand, stand up for this. There's no gauge for the, uh, there's no, there's no audience. I understand that. But I don't, I don't think half the, you know, I don't want to say half the stuff, but I think a lot of this stuff would not stand if there were fans. I really don't. I and agree. maybe when fans are back, it's when I can invest again, but they're going to be in the Thunderdome till July. I mean, it's April. That's a long freaking time for them to be in the Thunderdome. Yeah. Uh, um, so, I, uh, you, know. you know, friend of the podcast and former guest, Brian Drake, uh, the Fancy Hustle podcast, when he was on, you know, said, you know, watching stuff in the pandemic era, this is a couple of months back, you know, super hard, you know, super hard for him. And I think we used that almost as an excuse for a while, the pandemic. But now you can't, after a while, you have to go and figure out what works and doesn't. And I think the worst thing that might have happened was unless your name was Paul Colgan, and we know why he, his problems, just being a scumbag, you, you know, person, not a lot of things were booed at WrestleMania. So it gives a false sense of security to WWE saying that the fans love everything, you know. If you look at it, I mean, yes, MSK was booed on Wednesday, on Tuesday for, for some reason we don't understand. But for the most part, most things at WrestleMania were positively received. And I think that's the worst thing that could happen was when you have a crowd and they basically have the self-reassurance that everything we're doing is working. Why, if you're Vince McMahon, do you change? If when you do have a live crowd, they don't say anything and then you get, I know it's a post-mania show and you get the bump. But when you go from an average of a 1.7 in your ratings and you get over a two for the first time in forever in a day, if you're Vince McMahon, you're, you're like, oh, my God, everything I'm doing is right. Um, and I think Brian Alvarez has said in the past, you know what, maybe it's if you shut off the TV, yes, you're spiting yourself. But until they see that this rating is a 1.4 or un- well, it's never going to be under a one, but until the ratings when they hit their true pocketbook with the TV deals, they're not going to care. And they think they're going to do something right, especially when there is no audience. Because all of us can have our fingers on Twitter and say, this is terrible. The Fiend is unwatchable. And the idea that we have a character named Lily and everything else on Raw is bad. But as long as we're watching and we continue to go and support the product by buying the T-shirts and doing everything else, we're part of the problem. And Jay, you're, you're on the right track saying, unless I read something or Corey tells me something's worth watching, I'm out. That's going to help. And, you know, if people like in the Wrestling Life pod, uh, Facebook group are saying, we want you to talk about something, we'll watch your video and we'll comment on it. But like I said, I'm going to give it to Backlash. Jay looks like he's out. But I don't see you being wrong. That's the only way things are going to change. If the audience actually says, you know what, I love wrestling, but I have to tune, I have to turn it off. And I, th- and I do think, you know, when fans are back, I think that'll change some stuff. Um, because I think Vince will say, oh, this is, really isn't working. And one or two nights of fans or whatever, mm-hmm. but you're right. The rating improving is like, oh, look at that. The ratings got better. People love this stuff. And that's it. I mean, Raw almost just runs on a clock. Like there's no, like, and so, uh, you know, I don't know. So I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to keep reading the reviews. Uh, if you tell me a match is good or an angle's good, I'll definitely check it out. Uh, but I think at this point I'm, I just can't, I can't do it. I just can't, I can't do it. Um, it's, it's just too, it's too bad. It's too, too big of a waste of, of time for me to deal with. Uh, I got too much going on. I got, you know, s- sports going on. There's basketball, there's, back. 
I'm not watching AW right. Elevation, but um, here's a bit. So anyway, so that, so that, so that's kind of where I'm at with with uh, with Raw. If you guys have any thoughts, you know, put them in the, in the Russell Life, um, you know, Russell Life group here. Let us know. I know a lot of guys in the Russell Life group are are, are really pro WWE, and I think that that's great. I'm not like you know, and I think that's the whole thing. It's so funny with this whole wrestling thing. Like, I don't like the WWE, or I'm anti WWE. Like. I think SmackDown is solid, so I'm not anti WWE. I'm anti bad wrestling, uh, and I've always been anti bad wrestling. I think AEW does a lot of stupid shit, um, but so does NXT, so does MLW, so does our yeah. So, so to me, like I don't have a oh I can't watch this. This is whatever. To me, it's is this a is this good or is is this not good? And Raw is not good. good. All right, so let's just a couple of quick things before we call it a day. Spent a lot of time on the big subject of the day with the uh, WWE roster cuts. Tuesday, we had the first night unopposed NXT. They got uh, 800,000-plus for their first night unopposed, a .22 in the 18-49 to demographic. Then on Wednesday, AW went and got a huge rating of a 1.29, I believe it was, and a 0.44 in the key 18 to 49 demo. So Jay, I'm, we'll get into some things maybe about the show we liked or didn't like on both nights, but what's your initial thoughts on the idea of AW got the audience that was starving for wrestling on Wednesday and NXT went and continued their momentum coming off a takeover. Maybe it could have been a little bit of a higher number, but a first night on a show that wasn't really publicized much on raw at least from what i saw when i was able to keep my eyes open what did you think of the two numbers yeah so go over that aw number again i i kind of uh 1.29 i believe it was 1.29 million yes wow that's that's very strong that's very very strong um extremely strong so i mean yeah and and nxc's number was not as strong uh but 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 still did still solid. Yeah. I think both shows were okay. I think both companies should be happy with the ratings. I think, I mean, AW should be ecstatic with the ratings, uh, but I think co- both companies should be okay with the ratings. And um, it shows you, excuse me, that there's a strong appetite for wrestling. It's a strong appetite for pro wrestling. And I think Corey, more than anything, I think as a wrestling fan, as many problems as I have with AEW, um, I love that they're doing well because uh, it's so good for wrestling. It's such a good alternative. I don't know that we would have some of the stuff we have now without them. And so I, I really praise them and I'm glad that they're, that they're doing well. I think it's really, really important and they're profitable, which is wrestling companies are not profitable usually after, you know what I mean? Like, so I, they're doing great. And, so that that's great for wrestling beyond what you know what the shows are. And I don't think AW was bad by any stretch of the imagination, but um, I can nitpick things here or there I didn't like. But sure. um, to get to get that many people to watch is really good. And we'll see in the next couple of weeks. Again, you can pop a rating, but it's the consistency that's important. Absolutely, and you're gonna wonder to see what people who weren't usually watching on NXT who gave them a chance. We'll see what they do. <laughs> next week if they can if they like what they saw on wednesday and if they come back that it's i think it's always it's not the number that you get the first time the number you get the second time when people find out if they like what you're watching 
I don't think I don't think it's I don't think it's any of that. I think it's a pattern of a month or so of of sure you know because things just things change with our country and our world and politics and news and so I think it's really a a month or so of a continuous thing that that to me is a a pattern of of what's going to happen. So and uh, as our social media uh, extraordinaire and also host of the You Don't Know Jackie podcast, Jackie Andy, uh, saying in uh, in the chat that the true battle right now is AW versus MTV's The Challenge, where they are one and two uh, this week in uh, the eighteen to forty nine, and also and, and you said that MTV that, that this is a season finale, right? Uh, part one of the part one, I guess. Next uh, of part course, they're gonna have like five parts. Okay, um, but I want you know one once they're done with that, that might spike the rating even more. Yeah, I mean, you know, Leo, I'm sure Leo Rush is going to come back for the reunion, most likely in two weeks. So Leo Rush can once again say he had the number one HD 49 uh, thing. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens and if these companies can keep the numbers going. And like I said, you wonder who who liked what they saw, who didn't. I mean, like if you're watching AEW for the first time and you saw that Young Bucks versus Pac and uh, Phoenix match to start off, I would say... Wow, all right. I'm going to get good wrestling on uh, on Wednesdays. If you watched on Tuesday as an AW fan and you saw, you know, some of the stuff that went on there, I think you most likely were intrigued as well. So I think both nights showed to new fans what they could be watching. And I thought both shows did very well for first first try on their own. Yeah, I agree. Uh, anything from either show that really stood out that you want to go and do a slightly deeper dive in this week? or Yeah, I mean, you know. I, I I noted this on Twitter. Um, I loved the Bianca Ripley Raquel Gonzalez segment. Um, they're the future of women's wrestling. Uh, it's interesting that they're all bigger women too. You know, taller, more muscular women. Um, they're all, I think, relatively young. Bianca and Raquel might be a little older, but I know obviously Rhea is very young. Um, they are mostly developmental talent. Um, and actually were developed in the WWE. Um, and also, you know, it's, it's great to see, you know, there's a black woman, a Latinx woman, a woman from Australia, uh, and they're all, hold- I think she's Austra- Australia, right? Yeah. Uh, and they're all holding up those titles in a really, really cool moment. Um, yeah, it was great. And I, I was sort of chanting NXT uh, and I never mark out like that, but I thought it was great. And my, my wife's like, you're such a mark. Um, so yeah, it was, it was great. That was my favorite moment of the uh, post WrestleMania um, shows for sure. And um, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was tremendous. Um, I would say I love the moment, but, and we had this conversation uh, offline that I just, I thought it was a little bit weird having it on TV due to the fact uh, of the fact that you just had the two uh, Raquel and um, Rhea Ripley basically in a blood feud for, you know, three months where they basically try to kill each other and then like a last man standing match, which was really good. It just felt like I understand that sometimes you pull back the curtain and of course you have, you know, all the stuff that happened in the past with members of DX and everything, you know, um, but I don't know. That was just the one thing about it that it felt like it was kind of out of place. I know you, lo- like I said, you loved it. Corey, but- it's wrestling. We know it's scripted. They don't really hate each other. 
They're really good friends in real life. It's professional wrestling. And I, I think so, I think sometimes we are in on the business. We know what's happening. And for those women to say, I want to celebrate this with my friend and to pull the curtain down a little bit, I think is fine. Now, I think it'd be a little different if Rhea and Bianca were on NXT, the show. Okay. If they were still on the show, I think maybe that would be a little funny and maybe, you know, maybe whatever. But the fact they're not on the show anymore, who cares? No one's even going to, I mean, no one's going to remember that. They haven't even told us on WWE on Raw who Rhea Ripley is. We have no idea if she's a heel or a baby. Friend. We don't know anything about her. We know what Charlotte is because we always know what Charlotte is. So, and Bianca, we know what Bianca is. And Raquel, I think, is... is I, I think she's I think she's becoming a little bit of a tweener, maybe a little bit of a baby face. So interesting. Um, which I think could be an interesting, interesting role for her because she seems just I mean, so um, so yeah, so I, I think it was a great moment. I had absolutely no problem with it. I think it was my favorite thing I watched this week, other than you know, uh the Russell, some of the WrestleMania matches. Well, I guess the last part of that is do you think though that overshadowed the debut of the former Ty Valkyrie? Uh, Frankie Monet. That's the other yeah, part of it. That sure, I don't care. I think they should have ended the show with that. But I think they should have ended the show with Raquel Gonzalez talking and them all coming out and holding the belts. I think that's how they should end the show. But and Frank, yeah, Frankie Monet. I think it's fine. She'll again. It's one week. She's got you know they're gone now, and now it'll be Frankie Monet and and her and um, which should be an interesting interesting feud. Uh, I'll tell you one thing. I was disappointed about okay. was this. Uh, Karen Cross promo. He just doesn't. And we don't need to go too crazy into it. Um, I know we're, you know, kind of close to the end, but he just doesn't do it for me. I was expecting something else. Like, give me something else. So uh, he just didn't do it for me in that promo. Uh, but he's a champion. And, you know, we'll see. We'll see what they do. Yeah. He does have a lot of wrestlers to go against who are really good in the ring. So I, I don't think he'll be starved for opponents. Um, but I, I do want to see his gimmick, whatever it is, evolve. And I, I just, I haven't really uh, seen that. Um, I, think, uh, I think the coolest character in that is Scarlet. So I understand. Like I said, and I, we've had this conversation, uh, the fact that he's a main, just like an Elias, some other people, he's a main roster gimmick that's on NXT. And it just, it's so out of place. I think he's a main roster guy. In NXT, I don't. I don't think it's a gimmick. I think he's a main roster guy. I, I don't think his style even fits NXT. Well, he barely sells, and you know, it's kind of like it just kind of is weird. But before I forget, a couple of quick things. And Jay, if you want to comment, you can. But a couple of things I really liked from uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. I thought it was a little bit out of place, but I love the guy so much as an athlete over the last you know decade. It was really cool seeing Kushida finally getting the rub. I thought it was great. I, wait, we've talked about we wanted Escobar to go to heavyweight. Yeah. And there you go. Yeah, I mean, and then they set up, you know, future feuds, you know, with Devlin. And and we've also said we wanted Kashida to be pushed, and he hasn't been pushed. There you go. They accomplished two things easily. And, you know, Escobar could say, oh, it was a surprise win. It was, you know, bullshit or whatever. So. Yeah. Uh, nothing that I kind of that I enjoyed on the other end of the spectrum with AW, I liked the uh, every way that they use Mike Tyson on Wednesday. They didn't just use him for like three minutes and just say, all right, we got Mike Tyson there. 
they kind of weave them into a lot of things in the first hour. I thought that was all done well. I, I truly liked if they gave us a little bit more storytelling on this Chris Jericho face turn where it wasn't just like, all right, I got beat up. I'm a baby face. Now I was like, I called up Mike Tyson and I said, you know what? We've had some problems in the past. Let's figure this out. So it actually made sense. And one of the major things we need to say is everything moves so fast in this company that we don't take the time to actually say, why is this happening? And I thought that was well done. And also I did think the slow progression of the Hangman page where they asked him about uh, the reforming of basically the, the elite. And he basically said, all right, I got something else I want to do. And, I, you know, I'm and we're, we know that he knows what's going on, even though he's a drunk. Make it like or like <laughs> that part of the storyline. But you know that he's still somewhere in the background. And the end game is more than likely, unless Joe goes there and things change, is Page versus Omega. They're just doing very, things very slowly. And I like that. So, I mean, I thought that was well done. I agree. Um, I think they just, you know, the Dark Order is just such a, I love them, but they're just such a jobber stable. You know, to go against the elite, it just doesn't make sense. I um, I thought AEW was a solid show. I'm disappointed um, that this heel turn with the Young Bucks happened. So we knew Pac and Phoenix weren't going to win. Uh, I think it was a bummer they didn't win because I don't know what you do with them now. Um, and so I think that, yeah, so that sucked. I still think the Young Bucks heel turn hasn't, I don't think it's hit its height yet. Um, I, I think it was fine. Like the Young Bucks now are wearing these like Congo, these weird, the, the, the hats or whatever, these the, those leather hats. I think they're, and I feel this way about the Young Bucks is you know i love them they're a great tag team uh, the greatest tag team ever all this other stuff i don't know about any of that stuff but they're a great tag team right they're an all-time tag team let's put it that way i feel like as characters the, the B, bte was great but bte was really more bits and, and then kind of being stupid and it wasn't really like oh my god these characters are so great i just don't I feel like they, when they, when they do characters, it's like play wrestling. It doesn't feel real to me. And um, even though I, I think they would have been better ex, ex, extra, extrapo, extrapolating um, that storyline, lengthening the storyline a little bit longer to get a little bit deeper into the box. Cause now they're just heels. Now oh, they're just, they're just heels and they're coming out and they're, they're moving different. And I'm like, these guys are just, I don't know. They just seem phony. So um, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't love it. I still don't love what they've, what they're doing with them. Um, I think they should have waited longer to turn, but they wrestled a pretty good match. I enjoyed the match. Um, and, you know, we'll see that, that uh, the Darby Allen, Matt Hardy match. I, I wish they it was a little bit again they're doing too much in these matches but that the coffin drop spot was crazy and you know I'm gonna give it to them um, Jade Cargill and Red Velvet had a decent match it Jade was not match, yeah uh, it was it was it was not bad I I I actually thought it was pretty solid so um, Cargill is showing that she can do some stuff in the ring obviously uh, you know very well laid out match I'm sure. Uh, but she's got a lot of ability and, and, and we'll see. Um, so overall, you know, they're doing the thing with Christian cage and team Taz. So that's going to be a feud. So 
I thought it was a show that moved things along. I don't think it was anything nuts, but I thought it was a show that that moved things along that I still think is doing too much. But and you have a world title women's world title match and we don't know anything about say Conte. We know nothing about it. We've never heard the woman talk. We, we've never heard anything about her. Um, but she's she's one that was released that was, you know, we you and I talked about her at the time when she was released. And we're like, man, she's got a lot of potential. But it's weird. And she's really showing that potential, but you know, especially in the ring, she's been, she's had some really good matches. So um, I've, I've been impressed with her and I don't think she wins the title. I think that's Britt Baker's to lose, but um, I think they wrestle a pretty good match and hopefully they give them some time on Wednesday. Um, all right. So we are part of the great um, uh, life group podcasts and very proud and excited to be on that. Obviously, we're on Russell Life right now, live. Uh, so, Monday, so Monday, we've got Dong City with Henry and Vince. Uh, Tuesday, we've got the Audible with Matt and Randy. Can Deshaun Watson stop getting massage therapists? Thursday, we've got Work Shoot Wrestling uh, Podcast. That is us. Uh, Friday, we've got the Step Back with Jacob and Leon. A slow crawl here till the end of the regular season. Keep it up, Julius Randle. Most improved player plus 3,300. And then Sunday, we've got total bases with Felipe and Sean. Um, we are Worked Shoot Wrestling Podcast. You can look us up. We are on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We are on Instagram and we are on Twitter at the same name, Worked Shoot Pod. Uh, so check us out. Uh, I think I'm going to try to live tweet a little bit more now at these shows. I'm not going to watch Raw anymore. And these shows are like Tuesday, so I could pretty much digest. And I've really enjoyed that, Corey. I enjoyed the idea that I could really digest NXT and digest AEW. And I didn't feel like I had to like rush through. Um, so, uh, so both enjoyable to watch. And so, yeah, check us out. Uh, absolutely. And of course, you could also check us out on iHeart uh, Radio as well. Uh, but as always, there's another podcast that we are part of. And Jason, I swear you'll be on one coming, you know, the next year or so. Oh, to I, our next round of cuts. Well, I thought that one that was interesting. Um, the one that you guys had about talking about scumbags or whatever and, and figuring out these subjects, I would really give you some good insight. But I guess I, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, You're too busy no, I'm not, a, I'm not a main roster guy. Uh, anyway, that podcast, I might have to talk to Jackie Andy and see if she can get me on the show, pull some strings. Uh, that podcast, by the way, is You Don't Know Jackie. You Don't Know Jackie. Jackie Andy, Jackie Corey, Jackie Rachel, the comedy podcast for the ages. Very cool. And as we spoke about earlier, uh, this week was about basically separating the art from the scumbags that are, are making it, you know, and a little bit about cancel culture uh, on how it's separated based on a little bit also, you know, on your political party with like an compared to Alex Baldwin to um, Mel Gibson on who you do or do not support on how, you know, certain things may be forgiven more quickly. But uh, Jay, our final subject of the day is, yes, we know that Samoa Joe, the best commentator most likely on either brand, WW is no longer with the company, but they brought in a new commentator from ML, MLB, Used to be on uh, ESPN, didn't leave there in the best of circumstances. But I've talked about that. But uh, Adrian Kirk. Adnan, Adnan Kirk. There you go. I, 
So I'm so I, I go ahead. Share your share your thoughts before I go because I got um, a lot of thoughts. I know that he's getting a lot of heat on the <clears> fact <throat> that he basically didn't know any of the moves. He, None of the moves. He didn't know. He didn't call one move, Corey. Uh, apparently, you know, he was a wrestling fan as a kid, and uh, I found it fascinating the fact that uh, he said he was surprised that uh, so many people didn't, I guess, like what he was doing or didn't know <laughs> who he was beforehand. Um, I'm going to be like everything else I say. I'm going to give him, you know couple of weeks to see if he can figure this out um i personally think they should have done what what you know aw did where they had you know practice sessions and maybe they did and we just don't know about it but practice with you know with alex marvez who was initially supposed to be you know one of the faces of the company when it came to commentary and they realized he just wasn't good at it and they gave him a backstage role which he's actually become you know actually pretty decent at yeah it's pretty good um i don't know how good or bad he can be i mean is he Mike Adamley level? No, because you know Mike Adamley's you know the worst of the worst at this point. But, but Mike Adamley also remember he was going through some stuff, and now it's come out that he basically had CTE, and right. now he's got you know a lot of mem- memory problems. So uh, uh, Mike Adamley, people rip him, and now we know some of the health stuff he may have been going through. I'm I'm okay. gonna give Mike Adamley a pass. You know he's, he was going through going through some stuff, and he's 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 really going through it now. He can't remember anything. So I, I'm not I'm not, I'm gonna give Mike Adamley a big pass here, but. But, you know, I do wonder, though, what what was going on here? Because um, we do know we also know that uh, the guy who used to represent him is basically one of the heads of WWE right now. And um, Khan, who is basically, you know, one of their their key uh, key players. So, I mean, that's mostly the reason why he's there. I'm going to give him a chance. The first night was not good at all. Uh, you saw as the show went along that Graves and um and Saxon basically were calling the whole day show and he was just basically throwing to breaks. So, I mean, maybe he gets better. We'll see where this goes. I mean, he is a big name. It's always nice to have somebody. He's a that, big name. Is they, he a big name? They thought he was. And I guess, you know, we'll see how this goes. But uh, Jay, what was your thoughts? And are you going to give him, well, I know you're done, but are, are you going to at least, you know, follow on how good or bad he is? He was fucking terrible. He was absolutely terrible. At least if you're going to do it, know the moves. Okay, so my thing with Adnan is I've known of him for a long time. He used to be on this show called Ryan Rossillo, uh, Ryan Rossillo Show. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Ryan Rossillo, very famous guy on the ring or whatever. And Adnan was always like a good guy. Like, I liked him. I never felt like he was like this huge sports fan. I felt like he was more of like, he was big into movies. Like that's his big thing. Like he knows a ton about movies. Okay. And so I never fe- thought that he was like this huge sports fan. His knowledge was never like amazing. And he's never done play uh, by play. Apparently. And he, and, and he never did play by play. And so they really, they fired him because of the whole, whatever baseball tonight thing. He does a podcast with Lombardi. Same thing. Like he's kind of the host and he lets Mike Lombardi go and, and he do a football podcast, but he doesn't really know like the subjects. It's like, he's reading everything off of a teleprompter. That's the sense that I get from him. And he never did play by play. So he never did play by play for combat sports. He never did play by play for, for any of these sports. So to me, it's such a weird role. Like if he was like a the in-studio host or a backstage commentator, I think he'd be good doing that because he's got like a personality and he can be funny. But 
to have this guy be the play by play and, it, and, and not even throwing in the fact that his voice is, is just not, he just doesn't have a, a real strong voice. And there's a lot going on. There's no fans that piping in the noise. What's going to happen when there's 25,000 people and he's got to talk over them. He can barely talk over Saxon and Graves. Uh, I mean, I think they should just have Saxton and Graves be the commentators, to be honest with you. I think Saxton, he's a he's the biggest mark of them all. Saxton can call the matches and Graves could be the commentator. I actually think that'd be, that could be, I don't want to say modern day gorilla and Bobby Heenan, that's blasphemy. Yeah, yeah. But I think it could be a fun, I think they could make a really fun team, actually, if it's just the two of them. Uh, I thought Adnan was horrible. Um I, the fact that he was surprised that he got as much heat tells you all you kind of need to know. Um, I, I I just, I don't understand why they got rid of Tom Phillips. And I, Tom Phillips was not Jim Ross circa uh, 2005, but I think. Um, I know short term, I think they said that there are at least heavy rumors that he was in the COVID protocol. And so, I mean, that's reason. Yeah, no, no, but he's not but doing yeah. the announcing. Right. And he's not the announcer. I mean, pro- protocols to be, he's out for two weeks. He's not the, and now he is still employed, and I think he's doing something else. So I'm glad I'm glad the man has a job, but why is he not there? Like I, again, Tom Phillips is an amazing, but I thought he was solid. I really did think he was solid. Um, put the guy who's an NXT in there. I think he Vic does Joseph. a, I think he does a good Vic Joseph. I think he does a good job. Um, I, I just I just I don't I don't understand why they have this guy doing it. Apparently, they did do a couple of practice runs. They did okay. Um, and you know, they said that they went well. McCoy, it doesn't matter, right? We could talk about like nepotism and and this stuff in the NFL, how everyone's an ex coach, everyone's a coach because their dad's a coach and everything like that. And listen, he got his job, it sounds like, because of uh, Nick Khan, the president of the company. Supposedly he hasn't even met Vince yet. I mean, who knows how true any of that is, but. I, I just I just think he's gonna be terrible. I don't see this lasting long. Um, I I just I don't. Um, I think if he was a wrestling mark and came in there and wasn't good at first, I and his voice wasn't that you know you could say all right you know I think he'll figure it out. But I I the fact that he is like doing this like as like a play like he the. Like, I don't think this is a passion of his. That's what I'm getting at. I don't think wrestling is a passion of his. And I think when you have people who are in, who are doing wrestling as announcers and broadcasters, and I, I know wrestlers, a lot of wrestlers come from different backgrounds, football backgrounds, and they don't grow up around wrestling. I get that. That's a little bit different. I think as an announcer, I think you have to be a mark. I think you have to like love it. Um, I think you have to know the moves without like someone telling you what the moves are. I think you can't just say, oh, I did a bunch of research and now I know this isn't, you're not calling LSU and Alabama. Um, You can't, the one thing about with the WWE audience and wrestling audiences in general, you can't fake shit to them. It's got to feel authentic. And I think with, um, with Adnan Kirk, it doesn't feel authentic. He doesn't feel authentic. I've never felt like he was felt authentic except when he was talking about movies. So that being said, who knows? He'll be there for five years, whatever. But I, I think he stinks. So we'll see. Well, we'll see how it goes for him in the coming weeks. 
We'll be back next week with uh, reviews on AW uh, Dark Elevation. Maybe not. Uh, another week of NXT. We'll see how this Ty Conte uh, title match goes. And, you know, we'll see if there is any bill to Swan versus Kenny Omega, which is next week on an impact. We'll talk about that and a whole lot more. But Jason, as always, uh, the final word is yours as we uh, once again say, you know, enjoy uh, Jackie Robinson Day and don't forget all the things that happened in our past so we do not repeat our mistakes. No, they're, they're still happening. Uh, they're still happening as of yesterday. Uh, okay. That being said, I think we're done here. See ya. Let's analyze that. Who fires people around here? You or Funk Man over here, huh? Who? Let, let me ask you a question, Johnny Funk Man. Did you personally face to face fire Vladimir Kozlov on Friday, huh? Did you? Did you fly yourself? to Florida to tell Harry Smith, yes, his name is Harry, not David Hart Smith, that he was no longer needed here? Huh? Did you tell Chris Masters, somebody who over the past year has worked his ass off to get better, did you fire him face to face or did you call him up and say, hey kid, it's a budget thing, best of luck in your future endeavors. Don't call me gutless. You have him do your dirty work.